Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. JP, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm excited for the uh, final week of football, and uh, I think we got the two best teams in the league, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, both uh, number one seed in the AFC, number one seed in the NFC, pretty much the two best teams all year. Philadelphia started out with that undefeated uh, kind of streak to begin the year. And I, like I was saying, a week, or, or I guess we didn't have a show last week because the Pro Bowl uh, ruined everyone's life. But uh, a couple weeks ago, I was saying how I feel like Kansas City has kind of quietly been, you know, the the class of the AFC. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, we're, we're in for a good Super Bowl this year, I think. We have two teams that match up incredibly well, um, Philly and the uh, rest of the Eagles. You know, they like to run the ball control the clock, keep the ball away from Mahomes. And then on the contrary of Kansas City, who could score, you know, from any given spot on the field, you know, Mahomes has just been spectacular all season. Travis Kelsey's been unguardable, but we'll see how they match up a top tier defense like Philly. Yeah, um, I'm excited for this. It's probably going to be uh, like we were saying, it's it's the two best teams in each conference. I'm looking on NFL.com uh, right now for the projected score, and they have it as the Eagles 26, the Chiefs 25. I don't get that with the predicted scores all the time. Like, how often is it really a one-point 26-25 game? Like, even if it's close and down to it, how often is it a one-point game? Not to mention 26 and 25 are two rather difficult scores to get right. in football. It's not 21-20. Like, like, 24-23. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's like I I don't know. I, it's it's unlikely. I think that anybody scores twenty five points. Really, it's not like I mean. Once they get in the higher numbers, it's easier to get some of those strange numbers that you would get in the pool. You know, you get a five or something. That's usually not very good. Five? Do you think five might be the worst number in the in the block pools? Yeah, five sucks. I d- definitely because like obviously like zero, three, and seven is the best to get, but. It's so rare to get a five without a two point conversion or, you know, like, I guess no one ever scores five, 15s, right? Or 25s, right? Yeah, 35 would be the most likely score you get a five with. Right. That's what I'm saying. And if you're doing like a quarter one, I mean, getting five in the first quarter, you might as well just uh, give up for the for that one. Um, I w- 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 what do you think's number one? Zero is obviously good. They start with zero, uh, 10, all, obviously, all of those. Three, well, seven, I, six. If you add up the numbers, I guess everything kind of has a benefit. Five's still difficult, though. I mean, you still got to get some of the ends with a two and three, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I th- thought of that. I don't know why I assumed it had to be ending in a five. Yeah. Four, four would kind of be rough as well, just because, like, I guess you could get a safety in the first quarter, but you're not going to get two at any point in a game. And so, right. like, you'd have to get 14. Hopefully you get 14 in the first quarter, which is attainable. But uh, 
<laughs> yeah, some of those numbers just they just suck at least for the beginning of the game. But JP, we we uh we haven't had a show last week because they were doing the Pro Bowl. Uh so it's been 2 weeks since our uh we last spoke. Uh did you watch any of the Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl games? I actually only saw one clip, one play and actually two. I did see Micah Fitzpatrick's uh flagpole on the dive. Yeah. which was pretty cool. Um, despite the fact he allowed a catch for about the entire field, yeah. Um, and I saw I saw Jar Alexander's pick six on um, Trevor Lawrence, and that's all I saw. <laughs> yeah, um, I, <laughs> I watched some of it. I always liked kind of like the the skills competition growing up. Although it's not that exciting when you have like the twelfth best AFC quarterback against the tenth against the eighth. Um, back when it was like, you know, throwing the ball as far as you can, it was Michael Vick and Donovan McNabb and Peyton Manning and people like that, that was entertaining to watch. But when it's, you know, Tyler Huntley against, uh, Jared Goff or whoever's in, like, who's getting excited for that? Um, that best catch competition is the worst thing I've seen on any kind of Pro Bowl thing. It's the most hyped up anticipation that just doesn't pay off. And then they get four tries to make their like special catch. If you miss this catch like once that like the, let's say you get it on your first try and you have a hundred percent of excitement, you get it on your second best case scenario. You only get 90% if it's huge third, you go down probably 80, 75, like each one is exponentially worse. You make that catch on your fourth try. Uh, who even cares? Well, yeah, I, I agree. Pro Bowl is just, it's the dumbest thing as far as sport all-star games go. I just, I kind of lost faith with it. Um, best guys don't even go. Tyler Huntley, like you said, he was literally the sixth best quarterback this year in his division, and yet he's going <laughs> to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> um, yeah, and like I said, if you're, are the, these guys even covered in the skills competition for best catch? Or no. is it wide open? It, it's like the dunk contest. It's like, let's try to make it as crazy as we can. We'll have props or whatever. But I would like, rather just not risk injury to my Pro Bowl wide receiver. Yeah. I, it, it's <laughs> it's dumb. It's uh, I, I watched it just because it was on, and I didn't have anything else really to do. I was like, I just want to sit on the couch. Might as well watch this. It was kind of the closest thing to watching NFL Street that I've ever seen, or NFL Tour, I guess, for the lesser known one. <laughs> I played flag football, uh, so it's entertaining to watch that a little bit, but it's it's not you know anything spectacular. The best part was seeing kind of the Diggs brothers going at each other uh, because they cared about that competition. Kyle Ustrek was incredible. Well, look up Ustrek catches. Well, I, I did see mm-hmm. he threw threw a pass. Actually, isn't he the one who threw the pass on Fitzpatrick's flagpole? He may have. He had a he had a nice throw. He had an incredible diving catch for like two yards. But I'll tell you what, they need to have Kyle Ustrek, who goes every single year, um, but him and Kirk Cousins. I'll tell you what, that was uh, Kirk Cousins was as fired up for the Pro Bowl as any get other game. He's <laughs> he's that person who's just like I I need to you know I need to dominate even though nobody cares. That's the only not dominate but try. It's the only game he's going to play in February, so I guess it was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, overall, uh, Pro Bowl's garbage. I do feel did they, like... Did they give a Pro Bowl MVP by chance? I don't think so. No. <laughs> the way they did it, they had like all the all the uh, the events were worth like three points or whatever. And the first... That's right, they had like multiple games. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's 
not good by any means. I feel like, I don't know, kids probably like it. That's kind of what the Pro Bowl is for. Uh, anybody who wants to see, like, the best really go at it, you're never going to see that. Like, the the closest I, you come to that is watching the Chiefs and Eagles today or uh, on Sunday. I feel like they should make it so that if you do not attend the Pro Bowl, you don't get Pro Bowl on your resume unless you're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because, honestly, when it comes to evaluating Hall of Famers and things, people do slightly look at the Pro Bowls you've made. And I feel like maybe um, – if you don't show up, you don't get the recognition might be, I don't know, one way to get some players to go. It yeah. may work, may not. I, I, could I don't see know. That. It was just an idea. I could see people doing the fake injury. Oh, I need to get my uh, collar, my rotator cuff, you know, looked at and I don't want to risk it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see anybody ever really putting it all in there for that. I did see a commercial for the XFL. However, is the USFL still going to be a thing? Do you know anything about the XFL? One of the leagues is coming back. I guess it's the XFL. I don't really know about the USFL. If the XFL comes back, nobody's watching the USFL because the XFL at least had some (laughs) entertainment value for like kids that grew up in the late, you know, nineties, early two thousands people that watched it then with like the WWF kind of attitude era thing with, uh, with XFL. USFL people would watch uh, last year. Well, they wouldn't watch, but people would kind of, you know, watch during a commercial of what they were actually watching. And if there's an XFL, then, you know, there's no room for a second, let alone a third. Right. Uh, yeah. In spring football to me, like it's, it's something I might click on, but I'm not heavily invested by any means. Mauler sucked, by the way, um, from what, what I've heard, they had like one win. So I'm not too invested there. Um, I think it would be kind of cool it, in a perfect world. I know it's not. Um, I like to see college football in the spring and then like you would get more attention that way. But I also understand that sets up like the rookies want to be playing their rookie year since they'd be yeah. recovering. But I, I think that would have been a cool way. Then you get way more like I would watch all, a whole lot of college football. if That was the case. But being what it is and I don't think they should change it. It's just. It's something that would make it more entertaining, but I understand why it shouldn't happen. What they should do, and I don't know that people would do this. Maybe people won't like it because of CTE and, uh, you know, just getting older. But I would almost rather watch like a 40 plus league, like 40 and over league of people who used to play like T.O. could probably still play in that league. I'd rather watch that than watch whoever's on the Maulers. Yeah, I agree. Even if that's just flag football, I might rather watch that. Yeah, do, do uh, the uh, you know three on th- or not three on three? Just do seven on seven. You know, flag football. I'd watch that if there were you know Chad Chad Johnson was playing or you know Richard Sherman. You know some of these uh, personalities. Um, maybe not. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that they do a whole league or anything like that. But uh, that would be entertaining to watch. I think I'd rather watch like a Legends game than a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. Not that um, oh no, I wouldn't be too fully invested. But uh, yeah, we have a a pr- pretty big game Sunday, so I don't want to reminisce too much on the USFL and Pro Bowl. Yeah, we'll save that for the end of the show, where <laughs> where, where, where uh, the main event is. Um, JP, I'm looking at NFL.com. Like I just said, these two offenses: the Chiefs' offense is number one in the league, the Eagles is number two, the Eagles' defense is third. And the Chiefs defense is 12th. So I guess you see the overall, it looks like uh, the Eagles have a better overall team, at least statistically, and the Chiefs are number one in offense. So 
they have that. Chiefs are also number one in the passing offense. Um, Eagles are pretty even on that, too. They're ninth in passing and fifth in rushing, where the Chiefs are 20th in rushing. So, JP, going into this game, um, tell us what each team would have to do to uh, come away with the Lombardi. Okay, yeah, in some other comparisons, just while we're at it, I've stumbled upon uh, quite a few things here that are interesting. Eagles are also, they're third in points per game. Chiefs are first throughout the regular season. But if you include the playoffs, get this, they both scored a total of 546 points. Oh, wow. So they have scored literally the exact same amount of points, which is not. Wow. Um. And, and really, also, it doesn't matter uh, about yeah. the yards as much as the points, really, at the end of the game. Yeah, up to this point. Same exact amount of points scored, both number one seed. Both teams had six all pros, including a Kelsey brother piece and their quarterback. <laughs> and uh, KC, like I said, first in points per game, Eagles were third in the regular season, that is. Eagles are fourth on third down. Kansas City was second on third down. And uh, they're one and two in sacks um, all year. Philly had uh, 70 sacks. Casey had 55. So there's a bit of a of distance between the two. But yeah, these are two teams top notch of the league. I, um, I think Philly has a better overall roster. And I think their defense is definitely stronger than Kansas City. Um, outside of Chris Jones, you don't see many... Um, superstar caliber players on the defense of Kansas City, but I do believe I give the edge to them in the in the coaching game as well as the quarterback game. Um, and, and interestingly enough, neither quarterback's fully healthy heading into this. We know Mahomes is still dealing with an ankle, and there's a sprained shoulder injury that Jalen Hurts has been dealing with for quite some time now. So I think that in order to see a... Uh, Eagles victory, let's say. I think they're going to have to keep Mahomes. Like, you know, you could uh, break the pocket. You don't necessarily have to get after him and get him on the ground. But if you could just collapse the pocket on him with the limited mobility that he should have with the ankle, that'll be a way to create uncomfortable situations. And um, also, Andrew Wiley at right tackle for Kansas City surrendered nine sacks. I mean, he's really been the weak link on the offensive line. I think that they're going to have to get some penetration on that side with um, Hassan Reddick, who's coming off a monster game and a monster season. Um, Josh Sweat off the other side. And, um, you know, just Fletcher Cox, um, Javon Hargrave right in the middle. And then they have Robert Quinn and Indomitian Sue just in their pocket. So, like, they're able to rush the passer and then create these uh, cornerback wide receiver matchups that they have James Bradbury, CJ Gardner, and. Um, uh, Darius Slay. I know that that's a hell of a secondary that's going to match up with Kansas City, who is dealing with a Juju Smith-Schuster injury, as well as a Kadarius Tooney injury, who will both be questionable. Uh, Hardman's already been rolled out, so and Kelsey's dealing with a back issue that he's going to play through. But if Philly wants to win, they're going to have to limit Kelsey, especially in the pass game. And um, I think these running backs in Kansas City have come along very strong as well. Um, Jarrett McKinnon, sort of like the um, passing down back, as well as a guy who I think just fits Kansas City's offense better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire ever did. And I, I really think he should be getting more looks. And uh, P- Pacheco, who's just kind of like, you know, the thunder to the lightning, you know, he'll really pound you in the uh, run game. 
And both of them are coming off um, 10 targets in the conference final game where they reeled in seven balls for 76 yards. So um, I think being accountable for the running backs and obviously Travis Kelsey's what Philly's going to have to accomplish early on. And then if Kansas City looks to win, I think they're going to have to find ways to get Philly off the field. Um, Philly led the league in rushing, and they are just able to find ways to pound you in the run game. Constantly looking to create second and manageable situations rather than second and long, which leads to um, play action and, you know, the deep ball game they have with A.J. Brown and Deontay Smith with, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts using his legs and his arm to win. Uh, Kansas City is simply just going to have to find a way to get them off the field. Use Chris Jones to your advantage, even though I think the matchup with Jason Kelsey Jason Kelsey, I've heard recently has, you know, he's more of an athletic center, but he's um, played more physical the past couple weeks, kind of changing up the tempo of his game. We'll see how that works out against Chris Jones. But I think that, you know, just creating uncomfortable situations for Philly is going to be what they need to do to come away with a W. Not to mention um, KC with Mahomes and Andy Reid have been to Super Bowls in the past. This is Philly's first shot at it um, with this uh, new quarterback, new coach, and they had when they beat New England. And I know I just think those experiences for Kansas City is is going to help. I mean, I felt like Cincinnati was a better overall team as well, but Mahomes is just simply electrifying. He's the best player in all of football, and um, he is that much better than the next best quarterback, in my opinion, whether you think it's Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. I really think he's head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. So I think look for him to just, if you want to win, we're going to have to see two or three wild moments from Mahomes, as well as the ability to control the run game from Philly. Yeah. I mean, all, I agree with, I mean, that is very thorough and I agree with all that. That makes a lot of sense. We will see uh, kind of who will kind of have the healthier quarterback ish. That could be a difference. Who knows? We, maybe we'll see the Henny uh, Minshew matchup that everyone's been uh, itching for. Hey, hey Henny's uh, had one drive all year that I saw, and it was a ninety-eight yard touchdown drive in a playoff game. <laughs> and he's, uh, that, that's he's two a, years. They're in both a row. solid. Came up big to secure a victory in the playoffs for Kansas City. Henny <laughs> Henny is quietly one of the better backup quarterbacks, at least of the last decade. I feel like he just never plays to the point where, like, you don't know if he's good. Yeah. <laughs> he always just plays for, like, two games at a time or three games maybe at the most. And then you see, like, enough, you know, he'll go two and one or something. And, like, it won't be his fault, but he'll also, like, put up 190 passing yards. It won't be anything special. Or 112. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously a, a game manager. Um, but hopefully for the sake of... The, the viewers and the Kansas City Chiefs were getting a uh, healthy Mahomes throughout the game. Um, Philly, um, I wanted to mention too, though, that run game for them is just going to be substantial. Every offensive lineman on their team is graded in the top 10, according to PFF this year, as well as uh, Creed Humphrey was the highest graded center, and Jason Kelsey, sorry, came in as the second best center. So we get the two best centers in the game. And, uh, you know, I think both offensive lines are just substantial. Um, pro bowlers across the board on the left side for Kansas City, and then all pros for Philly. I mean, that it's really – Philly's just kills you in the trenches. And uh, we'll see if uh, uh, Kansas City is ready for them. You know, it's, it's almost like can Kansas City 
use enough like trickery, maybe catch Philly, you know, in an undisciplined penalty. Maybe they'll catch them in, in some way to, you know, create free plays and more opportunity. And then from Philly's perspective, I think they could just control the ball um, and, you know, fight in the trenches. And if Jalen Hurts can be turnover free and they can limit touches for Mahomes, we're going to see a close ball game here. The spread itself, Kansas City plus one and a half, over under at 50 and a half. So um, we're we're expecting, you know, a, a big ball game here. Yeah, I mean that's uh, pretty close for for a Super Bowl. I mean one one and a half points. It's almost as close as you're gonna get. Um, JP, if you see one of these teams going down early, which one do you think would be better equipped to come back? Thinking not quite what Tom Brady did against the Falcons, but say a team goes down early, uh, which one do you think has a better chance? Because like you were saying, neither of these quarterbacks are a hundred percent. But they both can lead some drive, so I'm interested to hear what you have to think. Yeah, so I think it's Kansas City, and I don't really think it's much of an argument, in my opinion. Um, we know it's such a pass-friendly league nowadays, and we see Philadelphia as a team that likes to get out to a lead early and then maintain it just by hitting um, the holes in the run game, controlling the line of scrimmage. Um, and we've seen Kansas City and Mahomes in the past just come back. I mean, they trailed um, Houston a few years ago in the playoffs, twenty-four nothing, and came back like it was nothing. Um, I think they trailed Tennessee that same playoff, seventeen nothing, and came back and won. Um, and it's just the magic of Mahomes. I feel like they're a team that has the ability to not only score every time they have the ball, but score quick and maintain uh, the clock every time. I think that um, you know Jalen Hurts playing in his first Super Bowl for sprained shoulder, utilizing the pass games not going to be as easy for them. I think that they want to look to run the football. And um, simply enough, like I said, I mean, we saw Mahomes, Kelsey, all them come back to, I mean, down Buffalo and score, you know, with 13 seconds left on the clock. I mean, we know that they're capable of making these plays. And honestly, I I think, um, yeah, Kansas City, if they go down, let's say, three possessions, I think they're more equipped to overcome it than Philly. However, I think Philly is also the toughest team to come back against because of how vicious that run game is and how easy they make it look to get first downs and keep the clock running. Not to mention, they have elite pass rushers and two Pro Bowl caliber corners. And if you're getting rushed all day and you're thrown against guys competent enough to cover your wide receivers who are going to be banged up, it's going to be very difficult to make a comeback in that situation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you see every single year about how health really plays into who's there in, at the end of the year. Uh, these were the two best teams, but even during the season, Jalen Hurts, as I know, my fantasy quarterback, he uh, he was out for a couple weeks. Eagles still went out there, did their thing, still got the number one seed. But right now, uh, quarterbacks, not super healthy. I mean, nobody at this point is really super healthy. Uh, but the name of the game... Stay healthy. Don't turn the ball over. Time of possession, things like that, always point to uh, you know, kind of who will win the game. Um, I think the biggest one turnovers. So we'll see. Both of these quarterbacks seem to hold on to the ball. Will uh, I mean? Does Jalen Hurts? Am I imagining that he likes to fumble a little bit? Um, or am I thinking it, of somebody else? No, not that I'm aware of. I, I don't think he really has a turnover issue. At least this season, they've been. I'm, pretty- I'm you know, what? I'm thinking Josh Allen. I don't know why. 
Just with the oh, Josh Allen, yeah, Josh, Josh Allen, Allen likes to turn the ball over quite a bit. But Hurts uh, uh, is great. I think the Eagles' wide receiving core just uh, is incredible. Um, they both have solid tight ends. Obviously, Kansas City with uh, the nod on that one. JP, um, you said the spread's one and a half. What are you thinking, and what kind of bets are you thinking going into this? Are there any parlays that you might recommend? Um, anything like that? Well, a lot of people have are so I was kind of fortunate on this. I took Kansas City to win the Super Bowl at the start of the playoffs, and I also took Jarrett McKinnon to win Super Bowl MVP. I just I, I think Mahomes, if Kansas City wins, definitely wins MVP. But I think the payout for Jarrett McKinnon, he's at plus five thousand right now. I think the payout is definitely worth, you know, throwing a dollar or two on him. Yeah. Um, Cause he is, I think he's just explosive with limited touches. If they decide to get him the ball more often than they normally do, I think he can really make a difference in this game. So kind of as a sleeper, bet, I do like Jarrett McKinnon as a super MVP and um, Travis Kelsey's third on the list, plus 1,600. So anyone who isn't a quarterback, if you like any playmakers, or if you're just kind of feeling lucky and just don't want to pick a quarterback, there's pretty nice payouts for all players involved. Uh Um, I would say most experts are actually saying to bet the under here with uh, 50 and a half. These are two great teams. Obviously, Philly's a great defense. Both quarterbacks are banged up. Both teams well philly likes to run the ball which will keep the clock rolling and uh i kind of like the under as well i know these teams are capable of putting up points but in the super bowl you know refs don't call penalties as often it's about physical football uh 50 and a half is a very high spread i'm just kind of feeling the under um i personally i kind of like philly to win the game to be honest with you i think that there's a lot of holes in Kansas City right now, and I'd be banking on Mahomes just being phenomenal would be your bet for Kansas City to win. I just feel like Philly's a better overall team, and um, just their style of football, I think it's going to be tough for Kansas City to match up in the trenches. And um, again, That defensive like- line, that defensive line for Philadelphia is just so relentless. That's going to be so rough for the front of Kansas City. And like we were saying, uh a limited motion Mahomes. Right, exactly. And they have three quality guys in the secondary who will be covering their guys for, you know, fractions of a time compared to other guys, considering Philly's about six deep as far as pass rushers go. And I like them to get pressure here, especially coming off the right side. Um, the left side of Kansas City's offensive line is clearly the more dominant um, unit. So I think you know, a lot of the pressure will be coming off the right side um, to put pressure on them. I also like um, Philly's ability because, like, Boston Scott, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, and Jalen Hurts, all phenomenal with the football in their hands on the ground. Kenneth Gainwell is only at over under 19 and a half rushing yards. I kind of like the over there. I, I expect him to get 20 at least and uh, look for all three of the backs to be utilized in a um, to, to be utilizing the offense this week. Um, I, I kind of am leaning towards the overs and receiving um, for receivers and receiving yards, because in order to keep up with the Mahomes, I think that 
Philly is going to have to throw the ball um, more times than they expect to. So Devontae Smith, you can kind of get a bargain of 63 and a half receiving yards. Um, I kind of like him to cover that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think, like I was saying earlier, I could see this being a big tight end game. Um, the thing with the yards that, that always helps is like when you do the under on the yards – like you're one big play away from just it being over for you, and it's just like the most terrifying thing the whole game until <laughs> it's done. If you take the over, I mean, I, I feel like at least you're like hopeful more than uh, terrified. Not that I'm saying you should bet based on that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I I always kind of have that in mind. Does anybody have smaller arms in the NFL than Smith? <laughs> uh, not that I know. Who, who, Smith. Is that who said who has small arms? On uh, the Eagles? Oh, Devontae Smith. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, yeah, he's, what, 160 pounds or something. I don't is know. that what he yeah, is? He's, he's tiny, but he can run routes as good as anybody. He gets wide open. Yeah, he gets open. He, uh, I mean, obviously a Heisman winner, right? Yeah, Heisman winner. I, I, wider I think it was the first non-running back or quarterback to win since Charles Woodson. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Speaking of Charles Woodson, I believe he's one of the only other guys. There's probably four or five guys who have won a Heisman, a national championship, and a uh, Super Bowl. I think uh, Tony Dorsett was one of them. I can't remember who else might have been on that list. Oh, that's right. Um, to play, you said a national title, Super Bowl, and won Heisman? Yes. Yeah, I I I saw that list too. It was uh, you said Dorsett did it. I thought he did. Yeah, Dorsett, Charles Woodson, Reggie Bush, and Marcus Allen. Oh, is that who it is? Okay. Yeah, there's four guys, and I guess uh, Devontae Smith's now the fifth. Well, yeah, if he can pull it off right now, um, JP, what what uh, anything else you'd like to talk about for uh, this upcoming the big game? I also see if I said said to take McKinnon as the super Super Bowl MVP, look to bet is over. He's only at twenty and a half rushing yards. So I, I like him to cover that as well. Um yeah, and also I was able to stumble upon a couple um like like funny bets um here. Um this isn't all through FanDuel because I didn't see any of these available there, but maybe you could search them on any other uh, gambling apps or just wherever you want to find them. Mm-hmm. Some of these uh, good ones. So they have, will any scoring drive take less time than it takes to sing the national anthem is an option, as well as national anthem length, which they have set at two minutes and five seconds. Oh, that's a tough over-under because I could see either team just going down the field, just like here's a 60-yard bomb to A.J. Brown, and then they just finish it off in a couple plays. Or just like you get an interception that's returned to the 10 or something. Does an interception, that, I mean, obviously that wouldn't count as a drive, so that doesn't count at all. So, yeah, you would want to do it and then take it back to, like, the 2 and then get mm-hmm. knocked out of bounds or something like that. Yeah, uh, so that's very easy to do it. Um, they also have first commercial to play first, Doritos or M&M's. Uh, I feel like Doritos, Doritos is always right. in that. I, they're actually at plus 105. M&M's are favored. Oh, really? Huh, yeah, I wonder what Vegas like knows that we don't know. No. <laughs> huh, interesting. But Dor- Doritos seems to be like the Super Bowl's like number one, though. That maybe Pepsi or something. Yeah, we always see Pepsi. Um, 
what was it like Budweiser or something? Don't we see that all the time? But uh, <laughs> unless they're not the uh, official beer sponsor anymore. But yeah, we Doritos. I feel like Mountain Dew is always on it. There's always like a weird like Bitcoin thing anymore. But uh, mm-hmm. I feel like Doritos usually like they don't disappoint. They usually have at least one good one. Yeah, yeah, they do. I, I like uh, Super Bowl commercials in particularly Doritos. I feel like always puts out good ones. They have a jersey of first touchdown scorer over under 11 and a half. Like the, the number they wear? Yeah, so like I guess if you take the under, you're thinking Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, or Devontae Smith, or Pacheco for Kansas City. Right. Or McKinnon, yeah. Huh, that, that's uh, kind of an interesting bet. They they must just go around and find, like, what seems to be close to, like, 50-50 and then yeah. do something like that. At plus 15 grand, both Kelsey brothers to score a touchdown. <laughs> wow. Too bad you can't double up on just one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think, like, in what situation could Jason Kelsey possibly score one? Because you can't... Uh, if you uh, recover a, a forward fumble, it goes back to the where the fumble was, right? So, is there even a possibility that the ball the ball could go into the end zone? Uh, it, Unless they lateraled it to him somehow. Score that way earlier in the year, or am I mistaken? Uh, uh, an offensive lineman. I don't know if an O lineman did, but I feel like if there's a fumble in the end zone and you recover it, that would be the only way. Unless they put Kelsey at like the fridge at fullback or something. What they would have to do, probably, which would be the most likely, is get down into the red zone, have Hurts throw, like, a pick, mm-hmm. and then while he's running it out, have somebody, like, force a fumble from behind, have it, like, roll, like, have him, like, step out, like, to the one, and then just have, like, A.J. Brown, like, just blindside him, blow him up. He fumbles, and then Jason Kelsey takes it in. How pissed would you be if you did that and Jason Kelsey scored and Travis Kelsey didn't? Yeah, <laughs> not to mention is it plus fifteen. If you're getting Jason Kelsey touchdown, like this has got to be a little bit higher. <laughs> so what? It's a, is it a hundred dollars for fifteen thousand? Yes. Uh, so I mean, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> um, Gatorade shower as well. So what color is the Gatorade? I feel like that one is is a annual one that people always question. Like yeah. you all, lime obviously... green yellow is the favorite. Yeah, classic. <laughs> what what, what would you go with, JP? If you had uh, if you had to have your Gatorade on the side, what's your Gatorade or sports drink? If you're a Powerade guy, who knows? I don't want to pigeonhole you. I like Gatorade Zero, honestly. I think it tastes better than normal Gatorade, and I like every flavor. I think purple Gatorade's very underrated, but blue and red are generally the two best. But actually, well, lemon lime's very good too. I am a big Gatorade guy. I have no complaints whether it's lemon lime, red, or I just don't really like orange. Yeah, I, I like yeah. the orange. I, there's not really one I don't like. There's some weird ones that came out, and there's like a cucumber lime and shit. I always yeah, but we're not getting cute and talking about just the basics. Yeah, J- just the basic regular ones, and we're not like you said you like the zero ones. If we're just talking strictly basic. I feel like they're all pretty solid. I'm not a, a grape fan, like artificial one. Used to be the uh, red all the time. Anymore, my uh, my taste buds have changed. From uh, red to blue, pretty much mm. all across the board. Kool-Aid jammers, man. I like the blue <laughs> more now. Uh, you know, gummy snacks. Pretty much anything you would eat in third grade uh, that was red and blue. I've uh, I've switched my opinion, JP. Oh, the blue. 
I've always been indifferent. Like I like red and blue, kind of more of a variety guy with it. Um, I, I agree. Grape and purple flavored stuff, not great. However, purple Gatorade, I tell you, is a knockout. It, it, it's very good. Yeah, I uh... funny 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 thing here too. We have lemon green, yellow, or lime green slash yellow is the favorite. Then orange, then purple, then red, and then it's water, and then it's blue. Huh. Yeah, I wonder why no love for blue. What? Yeah, why? Why is water more likely than blue Gatorade? Is there like an anti-blue kind of? No, I, I don't know. I guess just like there's something they know that we don't know. It's so strange. Like how else something. do you come up with? That? How? I wonder if they like just go through games and see what color the Gatorade is, and then do the statistical analysis. Like that's one thing every year. Like people will do that, but like, does anyone go back and like look at trends? Like we've had three lemon lime in uh, in this span. Um, let's look at the uh, bell curve for the last ten years. It appears like uh, lemon lime is on the upswing. Blue is down. That, Don't go with that, blue. Go water. Plus maybe more. maybe if. Uh... The Eagles like always have green Gatorade, or if the Chiefs always have orange, maybe they're kind of assessing it off who they think will win the Super Bowl in addition to the color of the Gatorade. Right. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how often because uh, like going into games, there's probably not an equal breakdown across the league of all sixteen games or whatever. It's not like four red, four blue, four yellow, four orange. I'm sure. Right. I, I'm sure it differs based on whoever it is. Um, so yeah, maybe if they see, you know, Kansas City hates blue, and uh, Philadelphia not a fan either. Let's just get it out of the way. There's no. There's no chance. This is a multi-billion-dollar industry. I'm in favor of having a, a Gatorade bar, and players could pick their favorite color of my if they're choosing. Is what I would advocate for. Yeah, I. I uh, anything left <laughs> to like people's discretion makes me nervous when uh, when you have to bet on something like that. When it's not black or white. Say you're judging uh, a, uh, a gymnast routine, you know? There's, there's some uh, right. number leniency, I guess, that could be in there. Some fluctuation. At the end of right. the day, when you see the scoreboard, you know, you, you can't argue that. So, uh, you know, that could be in question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of color, another bet. What color will Rihanna's first outfit be? I like that it's first outfit because they they know. Do, do people yeah. really get excited about the halftime show? I feel like that's something that I don't know. I don't mind it. Like I, I, it's a little bit like I'm an I'm old school and I like groups like the Who and Rolling Stones, but they those halftime shows were bad. And as much as I like their music more than some of the more current pop, pop artists. I think like the recent ones have been better though. Like I feel like Lady Gaga was pretty good. Um, I thought Bruno Mars and the Chili Peppers were pretty good. But uh, you know, like I don't love Rihanna, but I bet you she puts on a good show for the halftime show. Oh yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I just uh, I don't get you know when it's halftime. That's when I go pee. That's when I go like eat and stuff. I usually don't you know get too hung up on that. Maybe I'm just the old white guy now. Um, but I like Rihanna. It's not like I, I'm like, oh, no, not Rihanna, not the who or whatever, like you were saying. I'm glad it's like people that aren't in retirement homes that are performing. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think it's just for people who have to go to Super Bowl parties with their significant other. It's for them to be interested. 
Yeah, that's true. That's uh, that's always how I've looked at it too. It's like kind of a concert in addition to the uh, the game, and it's you know it's a good way to lure fans who are you know fans of Rihanna or you know you just don't go for football. Um, they also have bets on uh, what Rihanna's first song would be. What what is the uh, what's the favorite? Uh, favorite, don't stop the music at plus three hundred. Oh wow! What what uh what else we got on there? I, uh, I diamonds at plus five hundred. Also, my personal favorite Rihanna song. Um, <laughs> I don't even know that. What? I I haven't heard a new Rihanna song for like twelve years. Diamonds so is like, old, but yeah. <laughs> I uh, um, I know Umbrella. What's my name? Uh, stay Umbrella. Lift me up. We found love. I hope, yeah, it'd be cool if Calvin Harris was there and they play that. That'd be cool. Uh, they they always try been. to make something special. There's always a guest appearance or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask you who maybe it could be. I'd like to see Calvin Harris actually. Um, speaking higher. of speaking of halftime shows, though, while I'm thinking of it, uh, watching that that Pro Bowl, they had. I can't remember what the the duo's name is. It Ray Sturman or something like that. I don't know. There, there were two guys, but anyway, the entire crowd was like twelve-year-olds. It was so weird. Like it was so cringy for me to have to watch that. There were like some cheerleaders shaking their pom poms, and then there were like I don't know a bunch of like twelve-year-olds with Dak Prescott jerseys and stuff watching these two guys rap. That like I don't know. It seemed so <laughs> weird. The, the entire thing was just like I don't know. It was like a, a different dimension that you would never want to go to again. <laughs> it seemed like something that would happen on Moron Mountain. I don't know why, like, the color scheme even made me feel that way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, that, that just seems like something I, I want nothing to be part of. Yeah, but I'll, I'll let you continue. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's good. So, yeah, they, um, they also have, like, Super Bowl MVP most likely to think first. Teammates, God, coaches. Oh. Are, are those the only ones? Because I'm I'm interested to see like what what the the biggest payoff would be. That's true. Like so like, like um, high school coach. <laughs> yeah, like someone who's not even there anymore. Just think, someone random. Let's see. Um, Twitter. Pull it up. Yeah, think, think Twitter. That's something that someone. Chris Johnson totally wasn't it? Didn't Chris Johnson thank Twitter at uh, the ESPYS? Yeah, that was like, yeah, when he won, like, best male athlete or whatever. Yeah. He did thank Twitter, which is kind of a way of just, like, thanking your fan, fan base back in the day, but he thought it was cool. So, okay, here we go. Teammates is minus 135, so it's a substantial favorite. Yeah. God at plus 150, and then way down the line at plus 900 is City. Oh. Uh, plus one, or 1,200 would be family or family members. Mm-hmm. Coaches at plus fifteen hundred, owner at plus three thousand, and does not mention any of the above at plus sixteen hundred. Mm. Yeah, that would be interesting if he's just like you know what I put it all I on my own shoulders. A fairly decent payout at plus fifteen hundred. Yeah, I, I, well, I I feel like it has to go with like oh I couldn't have done it without these guys. Like he has to go with teammates first, right? That's why I would imagine, and but God, God's up there too. Um, I could see that being the first thing, but coach is definitely the nicest payout for something that could hit. It's hilarious that like God is plus like two thousand, like like the over under <laughs> on God. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, you could you could throw money on God. That's funny. That's so or funny. Like, come on! <laughs> like, like they thank God first, and they're like, "Fuck, not again!" <laughs> God, <laughs> he's also like, also the uh, uh, underdog better, or like basically according to this, it's more likely you should place a bet on teammates, which basically means like it's better to throw a bet on Juju than on God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's a better payoff. Or uh, more likelihood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they they always have the, the the strangest things just to, I guess, get people more interested. Not that the Super Bowl needed anything more. It's a national holiday. They really should uh, make the uh, Monday after the Super Bowl uh, a, uh, a uh, holiday. So, uh, you know, close down schools, should... close down businesses. I they feel like that's push... more important than New Year's Day. They should push it back a week and just have it the day before President's Day. Oh, every year, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would just make more sense. Yeah, that would make sense, and then they could do it indirectly and make it seem mm-hmm. like it's not because of that, but it will pay off for everybody in the long run. Who knows? Maybe they'll add another game in another year or uh, you know, five years, and they'll push back another year. Yeah, and then they'll talk about player safety. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll, they'll talk and... <laughs> In one side of their mouth and not the other. JP, right. one last thing. Uh, one last thing I want to wrap up on before we uh, end the show. Yesterday on uh, the regular Poor Man's podcast, we had Chef Ryan Peters. Check him out. Uh, Peters Pasta on TikTok. He has like, I don't know, he's like 3 million followers or something. He has a, a ton. He, uh, he makes pasta with a bunch of uh, different professional teams. He actually just did it with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, so definitely listen back to that. But during that episode, we got in an argument, Jeremy, and, uh, let me, uh, let me see how your memory serves. The Nesquik rabbit. Oh yeah. I, good thing I came prepared. Um, (laughs) did he at any point wear clothes? Nesquik rabbit at any point? I would say yes. Do you remember him wearing clothes at all? Not specifically, but I don't know why blue and yellow, like a hat and maybe a t-shirt would, I feel like maybe at some point that was the case. That's exactly correct, JP. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's almost like, do you remember like the 90s t-shirts that had the Looney Tunes with like a Bugs Bunny with an attitude and he had the baggy jeans? It's kind of like that. It is. It's blue and yellow. Um but I was saying how uh, how uh, he had clothes, and everybody else argued with me against it. But like, uh, if there's pictures there, obviously it existed. So I don't even really know what the argument is. I was just I'm curious to see, yeah, if offhand if you could remember. But yeah, I, I I think maybe he didn't start with it, and then over its progression, uh, maybe like in the late '90s or early 2000s, he uh, became clothed. Yeah, I wasn't sure about it, but yeah, if I had to bet, I would have said at some point, yes. And I'm looking at some pictures now. Yeah, I, I do remember. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to see if you could remember. Um, I was obviously correct about that. I uh, stick by my <laughs> guns, and I'll probably put a uh, reel out showing how uh, correct I was. About- What's better, Nesquik or Ovaltine? Um. I feel like I liked Ovaltine, but I also don't really, I don't know. I feel like they both taste like cereal milk, like when it's done. (laughs) 
I feel like Net Nesquik is pro. Well, now that you mentioned Nesquik does have pre-made milk as well, and Ovaltine never did. But if we're just going off the powder, I would probably say Nesquik. But if I had a blind test, I could very easily get it wrong. Yeah, for sure. I feel like <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like uh, Nesquik is almost like cereal milk when it's done, like uh, Cocoa Puffs or whatever the hell. Count Chocula almost. And, um, um, oh, geez, Ovaltine is almost like uh, if you had hot chocolate mix and just drank it, like, cold with milk. I feel like that almost is more what it tastes like. I could see that. That's what I haven't had any in years, but, yeah, I would say that sounds about right. That's what my refined palate says. Like, anybody here (laughs) listening is going to go out and do the the Pepsi challenge for Ovaltine and Nesquik. But, uh... Anybody who uh, who hasn't go back listen to that. Ovaltine. I didn't see either Ovaltine or Nesquik as the shower after the Super Bowl. I wonder how much money you'd win throwing it on some Nesquik. I heard that it's almost even with Blue Gatorade. <laughs> it's it, it wouldn't be that far off. We'll say that. Um, that'd be kind of cool though if they did that for like the Nickelodeon thing. Maybe be a way to like advertise Nesquik, like. Pretend that Patrick Mahomes drinks Nesquik for like three seconds just to get it on camera. Yeah, got milk kind of thing. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a way to get kids to start gambling. Uh, <laughs> no, no, not yet. We'll wait till they're older. Yeah, they're like, get your Nickelodeon coins and bet it over on the Eagles. <laughs> Face is doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Win your own Nickelodeon magazine and some phloem or whatever the hell <laughs> they had. Was that Floam? Is that what I it was called? That foam, Floam. I Are thought you, it was I'm Floam. We're talking about sparkly sand that stretches. Yeah, kind of. It was in that little yeah. putty container thing. I feel like it was the same product, and they or, just gave it a different name. As, floam. Like, floam. Off. Now that I think about it, may have been like on an infomercial kind of thing. Yeah. Where what I'm thinking of is Gak. Gak is definitely what the what the uh, Nickelodeon thing was that they sold. Yeah. They they would sell things all the time, like um, uh, as seen on TV. And I don't know why foam is the out uh, when you said that. I instantly thought of like s- sparkly sandcastles. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> one of one of the best info. We'll wrap this up in one second. But uh, one of the best infomercials with uh, you got the uh, the little kit that like rolls up. It's like it holds all your things. But like rolls up into an octagon. There was like a uh, an off blue green one, and there was a red one that was the main one. But anyway, it would open up, and you could roll it back up. Uh, I'm probably doing an awful job to describing it. Then there was also the the paint thing that had like the five colors. It was like pink, orange, yellow, green, and blue, or whatever. And you'd put the the paintbrush over it, and like some water, and like draw on some black. And it would like show all at once. You had light, bright. Yeah. You know all the classics. Classics. JP, anything you you want to end on, or can we wrap this up? No, we can wrap this up. I'm looking forward to Sunday. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping for a good game. Super Bowls recently, past few years, have been competitive. We haven't been getting any other like Seahawk Bronco blowouts in recent memory. Is that the I worst Super Bowl of one. of the last uh, quarter century? Right. Yeah, that was a freaking beatdown. So there's that. I hope it's not boring like the Rams Patriots that was like. 13 to 10 or whatever that was. Um, so I'm hoping for, you know, an exciting football game. And I think we're going to get it. And, you know, I'm looking forward to these teams. These are 
like I said, I think the two best teams, Mahomes is the best player in the NFL, especially with Brady retiring. I think he's the one who's going to, he's at least the guy we're assuming is going to take the torch. Um, so we'll see what happens here. Um, and uh, I think Philly's just a great team overall that they're kind of old school, but with a modern approach to offense, even though they're, they're just dashing you in the run game. I think these teams are going to be very exciting to watch. And um, actually, one thing I do want to um, end on, though, is pay close attention to how teams are this offseason. Um, I think if Mahomes wins, the narrative, old narrative stays the same, where you need to have a great offensive coach and a great quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. However, Philly wins, knowing that they beat the 49ers in the title game. I think more GMs may consider maybe we should draft our quarterbacks year after year or every few years, I should say, and just build dudes around him that can play the way Philly and San Fran have. So it's always been a quarterback league with them getting these bags, but look for only superstar-worthy guys to get bags in the future if we're starting to see teams like this win Super Bowls. I feel like, uh, just to wrap it up because you were talking about that, they're almost like the antithesis of each other in the sense that I feel like if you look at it now, it's not the Belichick-Brady kind of thing. It's Mahomes and Reed are kind of the quarterback-coach combo. Like you were saying, you need the quarterback-coach. And with Philadelphia, I mean, the last time they were in the Super Bowl, just a couple years ago, they had Wentz, and they had Foles, and they had um, Doug Peterson as their coach. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, what, 10 years later, not even? When did they win their Super Bowl last? I can't remember. I think it was five or six years ago. It was that recently. I mean, yeah. you see that in hockey, kind of. You see a turnover with coaches, uh, maybe mm-hmm. in the NBA, just because, you know, not that Eric Spolstra is the uh, greatest coach of all time, but, you know, you get Wade mm-hmm. and, and uh, Bosch and James together, it'll probably do something. Um, yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see a new coach, a new quarterback. Um, I guess there's multiple ways to uh, skin a deer. Yeah, and when you look at uh, Carson Wentz and uh, Jalen Hurts, one thing that they have in common, as well as uh, what you know, what Trey Lance slash Brock Purdy had in common, slash what Joe Burrow has in common with these guys, they're all playing on their rookie contract. Yeah. Look to see what happens when they pay these guys. I don't think it's going to be as easy as it is with. Patrick Mahomes because he is that dude. He is just phenomenal. Best quarterback in the NFL now. That guy, you can pay that guy and surround him with whoever and you'll be competitive. We'll see what happens if these other guys can do it. When you pay Joe Burrow, you have to trade away at T. Higgins, at Jesse Bates. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with these teams. So, two different philosophies and I think you can win doing either one. I'm just, I'm interested to see how that affects the offseason. Yeah. We'll see if uh, going forward, like you were saying, with all these quarterbacks on their rookie deals, if maybe uh, maybe the pay scale not evens out by any means, but maybe gets a little bit lower for the quarterbacks just to kind of have uh, you know some better teams. Well, I mean, obviously that would never happen, but we'll see if owners uh, kind of put less importance on paying the quarterback so much and then having nothing else because it seems like you either have a solid team and an all right quarterback like the 49ers or something like that, or some of these guys with their rookie deals. But once you pay that quarterback, uh, you know, what do they have around them? Look at Green Bay for, uh, you know, they pay Rodgers. Um, 
there's not much else in Green Bay since uh, the Super Bowl that I remember, like real superstars around him. Right, yeah, outside of, you know, Devontae Adams. I mean, if you pay the quarterback and the playmaker, yeah, you're not really getting, you know, the top-tier guys. And uh, we'll see how that affects uh, Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, especially this offseason, um, that contract situation. We'll see if he's dealt. Um, but I don't know. We see a lot of player movement. And it seems like the old way was we have to pay these guys. I think Dallas made a mistake paying Prescott. And I think teams are realizing it. So I'm interested to see, uh, are we going to roll for a superstar quarterback? So are we just going to pay a team to support our new quarterback? And I don't know. It's it's exciting to see. Yeah. I guess we will see going forward. Uh, it'll be up to the team, I guess, where they want to put the importance on. But JP, always fantastic to talk to you. Uh, maybe, uh, I guess we could do, do you want to do another show after the Super Bowl and wrap everything up then? Yeah, we could do, uh, let's do like a Super Bowl recap and, uh, yeah, we'll see if there's any news up to that point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there are a few things going on. I saw, uh, Flores signed with the Vikings, I believe to be their defensive coordinator. So there's definitely some news going on outside of the Super Bowl, but, yeah. uh, uh, I'm also here in Arizona, um, Tyler Murray scaring away away some uh, candidates for coach. We'll see how that how that uh, you know, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, oh, I Arizona. I wanted Flores to go to Arizona. <laughs> I just feel like him and Murray would not have gotten along, and Flores would have lit a fire under him that Murray would have pouted about. But <laughs> I like him in Minnesota as well, though I think he should have been promoted here. I'm interested to see how Minnesota looks going forward. But uh, let's wrap this up. We've been we've been doing this show for uh, a, a good bit now, so uh, we will reconvene after the Super Bowl. I'm interested to see this game. I'm excited for it. There's uh, the two best teams really going at it. Um, so JP, we will talk after the Super Bowl and for Sports Guy JP. I'm Chris. I'm gonna say I'm so happy. Yeah that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. In my opinion, that sucked. Woo! Woo! Four Man's Podcast, best podcast in Pittsburgh. You play to win the game. Great cash, homie.